You are now listening to the Funkaholics Podcast. Holy shit, Funkaholics, do we have one amazing episode for you. You know we're still on that kingdom wave and the madman, Dr. Frankenstein, the evil genius of the hit show we know and love, Kingdom, now streaming on Netflix. Byron Belasco stops in to shoot the shit with the Funkaholics, and it is one hell of a fucking show. This dude is too cool for school. There's no way I can give Byron a proper introduction, so let's fucking get into it. Without further ado, the Funkaholics podcast proudly brings to you Mr. Byron Belasco. What's up? I'm here. Yay! (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh. We are so excited. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you guys. You guys have been awesome, wonderful fans and pushing the show and been so nice to everybody that's come on and my wife had such a good time talking to you guys. So here we are. Oh man, she was a blast. We were so glad to have her. And then now with you, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> you know, the, the whole cast, I mean, Mag, Joanna and Julie, they all have been in just absolutely great. We, we are just, we're just, we just feel so blessed to be able to talk to them because um, I don't know if Julia told you, but we're the OG ones. We saw the show when it first came out in 2014. So mm-hmm. to be able to talk to you right now, never in a thousand years did we think that we'd be able to talk to the creator of Kingdom, one of our favorite shows. So thank you. Oh, no problem. I mean, I, you know, I love talking to some OG fans because we had some out there, but it was really hard for people to find the show. So you really had to work or just kind of stumble upon it back then. And um, the fact that you guys stuck with it and then jumped on the resurgence on Netflix, which has been great. Just happy to, happy to have you guys. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you. We can't say it enough. You're probably going to hear that a lot today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, do you have your drink ready? Yes, I'm drinking um, some Tito's vodka. Nice. Oh, nice. Excellent. <laughs> That's sort of my, I'm, I'm not going to have too much because I'm in the middle of my work day, but that's sort of my house, my house beverage. I hear you. Yeah. I got to be easy on mine because I got a workout coming later, so. Yeah, I'm going to try to work out a little bit too. That's, I got to work out to really earn it, but. Um, there you go. Yeah. What are you guys drinking? I jumped right into Oktoberfest. Mm. So today being the last day of summer, I am kicking off. And early fall with an Oktoberfest brew from Highland Brewery up here in the Carolinas. Oh, where in the where in uh, the Carolinas are you? So I am actually in the Greenville area, in yeah, South I, Carolina. Yeah, I grew I grew up outside of Atlanta, but spent a ton of time in South Carolina. Actually, been to Greenville a bunch. Lived in Columbia for a little while. And all my mom's family's from Columbia. So I spent like every Christmas of my life there. It's great. Yeah. I love it here. I love yeah. it here. Very nice. <laughs> the weather is amazing. We, yeah. we, we actually kind of stumbled into fall weather a couple of weeks ago. So I'm not going to complain. <laughs> well, yeah, I just got off the phone with my dad who's in uh, Somerville, South Carolina, which is just mm-hmm. outside of Charleston. He said, uh-huh. it was not, he said he said it was really nice there. I mean, it's usually hotter than shit, but yes, you know, yes. 
we should we should actually still be in 80s right now but yeah i woke up at like 46 degrees yeah so. the planet's <laughs> falling apart so <laughs> i guess take those good days if you can get them that's right nanda t what are you drinking so I'm on a high still from when we talked with Juliet, and <laughs> after I found out that uh, Jonathan Tucker was drinking Modelo, yeah, I loaded up the refrigerator on Modelo. <laughs> yeah, we have about 20 Modelos that he just left in our fridge uh, the other night. So you ever I need t- me, Byron? I'll go over there and drink for you. you. You can clear out some space for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, salute. Thank you. Salute. Cheers. Cheers to a great episode of Mr. Byron joining us. So how can I ask you guys a question real quick? How did you guys begin this podcast? What was what was that what was it all about? So when I first initially started the podcast, it started out about Funko Pop, something that I was collecting. And I always wanted to do a podcast. I just didn't know what to talk about or you know Mm -hmm. what the audience would be. So I started out talking about it with a couple of friends that were collecting as well. And it got to the point where I had to make changes because I just felt like, one, the audience wasn't there. Number two, I was running out of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. So what I did was it got more to, I love hearing stories and Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So what happened was, is it just clicked. I was like, you know, why not start talking about what I love? And when Netflix brought Kingdom in, I called Angela and I told Angela, I'm like, there's no other diehard fan that I know than you. What do you think about us breaking down Kingdom, talking about it, and going from there? And she was all in. And yeah. we just got blessed with being able to reach out to you and the cast, everyone just being so great and joining us on this adventure. It's uh, The podcast has definitely gone in a, di- in a different direction, but a really great one. <laughs> well, good. Where, where are you located? I'm out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. I've been there a bunch every year. Every year doing Kingdom, I'd go out to Albuquerque and stay with Greg Jackson for about two two weeks and hang out with him and hang out at his gym and go shoot guns and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll he's spend awesome. some time there. Some of my uh, – I was training for the fire department at one time, and every time mm-hmm. I would be running the hills, he had all of his guys out there. Oh, yeah. He was just beating them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg is hardcore, but he's he's one of the smartest people I've ever gotten to be, gotten to speak with. He's got a lot of insights on fighting and life and all kinds of things. He's actually doing a great thing right now in Albuquerque or trying to push it, you know, with the violence and things like that that's yep. been going on with the police. He's actually trying to reach out so that he can retrain and, and work with the officers, which I think is a beautiful idea. So I, I know I went I went to I attended uh, a couple of the sessions with him. Um, we went oh, to like wow. some some local local MMA gym in Albuquerque that wasn't his, uh, but he taught a class for a bunch of um, APD uh, officers and just kind of retraining them about how they how they deescalate. You know, there's got to be some steps between you know resistance and getting shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Definitely. so and so his whole point was these guys are using antiquated methods of restraint and and how to handle a suspect control them so he was teaching them new ways to get people to the ground and to restrain them without hurting them too bad and cuffing them properly because i guess they've been using the same method forever and it was just there's a better way so anyway uh greg's a good dude and uh always enjoy my time in albuquerque 
That is awesome, man. Glad to have you down here. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know you've said in the past that he's the one that introduced you to Joe Daddy. Yeah. So Greg Greg kind of started off as as my main sort of t- technical advisor, I guess you would say. And but he couldn't be in Los Angeles, and so he hooked us up with Joe Daddy to really train, so the actors could kind of go to camp with Joe and really train, and then you know. Joe did such a great job with him and they, they all responded to Joe. So we just brought Joe onto the show and he was on set with us every day and helped really help really choreograph the fights and, and with the help of our stunt coordinator, but also then kind of teaching it to the actors and, and, and training them throughout. And then we just, we just kept him in the scenes because he's, you know, he's a real deal. And anytime we could do that in the gym, it made things feel more authentic, you know? And I think the authenticity is what made, such a huge difference because you can see the cast, mm-hmm. how much they they made this show so personal. And you have a lot of their spouses that are on the show. And I think that alone as well made it even more comfortable, but also very personal. Mm-hmm. And we used, we used everybody in our gym was uh, some kind of local fighter in our area, uh, just all the background people. And, and that really helped. And in fact... A quick little story. When I was first researching the show, before I ever started writing it or anything, I went. I just went by myself to a, a fight at the Commerce Casino out here outside of Los Angeles. A very small promotion fighting. And I, I watched this guy fight. It was his first fight ever, and he won the fight. And I could tell. I was like, this guy's pretty good. About two years later, I'm standing on set. I'm in the cage with Joe and this guy Juan who's always around and I'm just looking at Juan and I'm like, dude, I know you from somewhere else besides just this. And I went through my phone and found my video and it was my video of me like two feet away from him as he was coming out of the cage and it was him. And that was his first fight ever that he ever fought in MMA. And then he ended up just last week, won, uh, won the world championship for Bellator. So now he's a Bellator champion. That is uh, so cool. Yeah. So that is over awesome. the course talking of about things coming full circle, right? Yeah, about yes. five, five year journey, five, six year journey. Um, but um, yeah, so anyway, we always try to keep it as real as possible in the gym and really make it feel like a functioning gym. Uh, so mm-hmm. that even if you didn't know much about MMA, you would just feel like you were in the world without us having to sort of explain um, this, that or the other about the sport. Yeah, I think that's great. So I also follow you on Twitter. And you had somebody that ended up um, attaching you to this one tweet that they sent, like, they were late to the party. And I thought your response was awesome. You told them, you're just in time. Yeah. (laughs) And and I thought that was great because the show was born, you know, over six years ago. And the last episode aired, you know, a a little over uh, three years ago. And everybody is just so hyped about this show and it's so great to finally see people that are just so you know all in i mean emotionally and all over all of the media you know twitter instagram facebook and it's i just think it's just so great that people feel about the show the way nando t and i felt when it came out in 2014 and yet again now in 2020 yeah, it's really gratifying. I know you, you, you guys know how it feels 
you know, for us making it, we were so passionate about it and we knew it was good, but we were just so underexposed and it would drive us insane. And then we'd have to forget about it because you just can't dwell on that kind of shit. But we, uh, so now to have it get on Netflix and really start to get an audience and, and be accessible to people has been extremely gratifying. I mean, a little bit you wish, God, why, why didn't this happen during the show's run? Because who, who knows? But at this point, I'm really just grateful people are finding it and, and, and really seeming to connect with it. I think the, the characters, for whatever reason, seem to really hook into people and, and affect them in a personal way, which is, you know, all you can ask for. It's like they're, they, they're, it's like the glutton for punishment, right? <laughs> True. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I knew when I, I mean, I know, I knew writing it. I was like, God, damn, this is like relentless and I'm doing it and it feels relentless, <laughs> but it was just where it was going. And that's just what, what the characters were saying. And that's what they were telling me to do. And so, you know, that it, it was what felt the most real to me as I was writing the show. So I couldn't. To not do it would would feel false, and I think it would show up. Yeah, you're you're like Doctor Frankenstein to me, man, because <laughs> like this evil madman that created something that Jesus, like for the hour that the episode was on, I left the world. You know what I mean? I was in mm, Kingdom. Right. I don't know how the hell you did it, man, but you just pulled me right in. And I mean, I know the writing, the acting, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, it's just it's the perfect storm to me because just the way that, that everything went on in there. And I can't thank you enough, man. I mean, in all honesty, Byron, I cannot thank you enough for putting such a masterpiece together. Well, you're welcome, Mando T. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I could do that for you, but you know, it was really, it was really the, what we were trying to do, which was really make the show feel lived in and real and that you're in this world and that you're literally passing through it as opposed to standing at a distance watching it, which which some shows do on purpose, just by the way they're shot. And, and that's that works for some shows. But we all we always felt this show because of the world and the subject matter and the people it had to feel very visceral and, and immediate. So we tried to shoot it that way. We tried to pick our music that way. We tried to write about things that were maybe not pleasant, but but real uh, and always make them funny too, because life's funny, even when it's shit. Um, And there's always hope for glory. You know, there's always hope for, for redemption or, or a win or a victory. And that's just kind of what life is. And a lot of times, sometimes it works out unexpectedly and you believe it. And then other times you expect it to work out and it doesn't. So that's really all we were trying to do. And we really, we really tried hard to stick with that and to not lose that, that focus. It, it speaks volumes and it, and it shows it. I mean, you guys absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Thanks that kind of, um, kind of takes me into a, a question that I've been wanting to ask you. When did you know that you wanted to become a writer and where does the inspiration come from? When did I know was, I, I sort of think I, I was attracted to it, you know, when I was younger, but, but I didn't do a whole lot of it. I mean, I grew up in Georgia. There wasn't like a lot of, uh, there was no kind of, film business or you know theater stuff really going on so when I got into college I went to University of Georgia and was a journalism major so I at least knew like writing was something I I seemed to have an aptitude for because I sure as shit didn't have an aptitude for math so it had to be that and then (laughs) 
you know, and so then as I was getting through it, I saw that there was a playwriting class being offered. Just you could just take it. So I did. And I, I took it and it really just the the it just clicked for me. I just I'm very realistic about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I could just tell I was good at it. I thought I should I should really think about this. So I, after college, I just said, oh, I'm just going to drive to Los Angeles and and try to be a writer, not knowing anything about it really beyond that. I, I thought I, I could maybe do it, but also understanding that it's the odds are really against you. And so that's kind of how it happened. It just sort of happens slowly. And then I started doing it. You know, I mean, you work really hard, came out here and just, you know, had crappy jobs for a few years and then got relatively lucky to get hired as a writer at a fairly at a pretty young age. But it still took like four and a half years <clears throat> after being out here to do it. But I don't know. I just I guess I just slowly became a writer. And then that's what I was or I am. Well, I'm definitely thankful that you found that because <laughs> you know Thank God was? You... if it wasn't for you, Kingdom wouldn't be here. That's yeah. right. And you know what it was? It was one of those things where as I was I was writing when I was first starting out, you know, really first trying to write anything, I was I was realizing that it was really the first thing that I was doing on my own that somebody wasn't making me do. You know what I mean? That it wasn't like some kind of it didn't feel like an assignment or didn't feel like something I was supposed to be doing it was just it was a thing that I chose to do on my own and I I would really do it and you know you I'd look up eight hours later and I would have forgotten that I you know the time would have just gone by without me even mm-hmm. noticing it so anyway yeah I I I totally get you I'm I I love to write and mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what your days and nights were like because I know like for me, whenever you, I mean, you could be dead asleep and you could be, or, or trying to go to sleep and you get mm-hmm. an idea and you, you have to jot it down, you know, at that moment. So how yeah. was that for you when you were coming up with scenes either prior to or during? How, how was that for you? It's very, making a TV show is, ex, is all consuming. It's very, the, the, time, the, the schedule is horrendous. The workload's a ton. And, you know, I would write all the episodes just because that's the way this show kind of worked. I had great writers in the room helping me, but I would end up writing all the episodes. So I was writing all the time and it was seven days a week. So there definitely be times I would, you know, wake up at two o'clock in the morning um, and go, oh, God, all right, I got to go write this. And then, yes. you know, go out in the <laughs> kitchen and, and write for three hours. It's not that I wanted to. It was just either I had to or we were going to start shooting soon or I, there was no way I was going to go to sleep until I did it. It just was pretty all, an all-consuming uh, uh, life making the show for the time period that we were making it. And, um, you know, I got it, it's not the most healthy way to live because it's, you're under a lot of stress. You're probably drinking too much. You're working too hard. You're not eating right. I mean, you guys, I think, put up a picture of me whatever that one is that you put up for to announce this and I'm just like oh what a fat fuck look at me <laughs> but that but that was like in the throes that was you're just like, like not the... that one yeah I'm like wait <laughs> not that one damn take it. that one down it's a terrible low angle I'm like I'm like at my chubbiest but but <laughs> but that's what that's what a show will do to you but I've I've bounced back I'm fine now but, you know, w- when we did that second season, we had to do 
20 episodes in nine months. And it, it really, I, I always consider the show has four seasons um, because it's four 10 episode seasons, but the studio to save money made us do season two and three as one long season two that they then aired in two sets of 10, but we had to shoot all 20 in one production cycle. So, you know, I wrote 20 scripts in nine months and we shot them. And as soon as we finished, Juliet and I went to Hawaii. And as soon as we landed in Hawaii, I got fucking shingles because I was just so, you know, worn out. Yeah, Yeah. just worn out. It just, it's just worn out and your body can sucks it up while it's happening. And, and, and then it, once you relax, it it gets you, but (laughs) it's all stressful. But you know, when you're doing it and you love it so much, and I just loved making the show and I loved everybody I was working with the cast and the crew that that it's worth it when you do it absolutely when um while you were writing was there any characters uh, let me see if i'm asking this right <laughs> um were there were, were there any characters while you were writing that weren't originally in the script and you just felt like you know what this it, it's missing something and i need to write somebody new in well i mean paul keith paul walter originally was that character Keith only, you know, he had like two or three lines in the pilot. And then I didn't really expect to see him again. And we were, it was the first day of shooting of the whole series. We were shooting in the halfway house. And on that first day, there was a scene between Ryan and Keith. And he was just so, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know him at all. I'd really not even seen anything he'd done besides his brief audition tape. He was so compelling and, and interesting. And his, his, the chemistry with 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 Ryan and him was so uh, electric, in my opinion, that I I just decided then I was like this dude is in the show for the whole series. I'm gonna just keep writing stuff for him, so we just kept him and and he was just a massive addition to the show and obviously a brilliant guy. Uh, but there was little things like that all the time. I mean, the great thing about making television is it's it's sort of alive while you're making it, so you, you can mm-hmm. always change. You know, change course or um, revise or, you know, sometimes there's a storyline you think is 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 really going to work. And then you start seeing it. And you're like, I don't know. It's not working the way I thought or actually have a better idea. And you can you can make the adjustment and change, you know, like uh, there's one storyline that and you'll probably you'll be able to see what I'm talking about when I, once I say this is there was in the first season, this, this notion that these investors were going to come invest in the gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought that was going to be a bigger story. And then I just started watch, watching it and, and looking at it. And then I'm, I just was like, this is not, it's not where the drama is. It's not what I care about. I don't think that's what anybody cares about. So I just cut that. I, I cut that storyline short. Because it was so clear that the drama has had to be between, you know, the more personal drama between all of our characters and, and that the show didn't need that kind of uh, sort of external engine to push it forward, that the right. characters were enough. So so that's an example of one that, you know, seemed good on paper. And then once you get into it, you're like, no, nah, there's better things to do. Let's change. Let's change it up. So, But I like how you ended it because Lisa's just like, can yeah. we just have fucking dinner? <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, can you just shut up? Can we just enjoy our dinner? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I love how you just cut it like that too. Cause I think it was perfect, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like that you brought up Brian and because at the beginning of season one, Alvy gives Ryan a book, a book mm-hmm. from S.D. Lewis. Yeah. Um, and the book is the, uh, screw tape, screw tape letters. Yeah. And I thought that was, I thought it was just a fascinating book that Alvy ended up giving Ryan mm-hmm. um, because a screw tape was known and, or described as, you know, subtle, smart, arrogant, clever, mm-hmm. hate built, vicious, no love or regard for human beings. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I first was thinking, I'll be giving Ryan that book, you know, mm-hmm. like in the book, it, it kind of says, you know, the old demon is giving the new demon the book, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of saw that, but I did see a little bit of Ryan as, um, screw, as, as screw tape, you know, and, mm-hmm. but I, I, I mean, I think to me, he, he was probably supposed to be more like Wormwood. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, Ryan's a complicated guy. I mean, I think they're both of those guys have, have bits of, both of them but i but i i do i do feel like they're genuinely good people deep down mm-hmm. who get lost in their own um insecurities and sensitivities and right. inability to to really cope with the world around them and so they try to trying to define the world through um what they're good at which is being an alpha um in a gym but and uh-huh. that's fine in that little environment but when you get out into the world it really doesn't work and nobody's really that impressed and so it makes the world really complicated for them on the outside and so i think alvi's sort of basically just trying to to give ryan some guidance as to to what he may be battling inside right and and that kind of takes me to my next question so Everybody in the show, including Keith, that originally wasn't part of the script, and Alicia, um, mm-hmm. everybody has a backstory. And I had a, 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 an opportunity to ask Joanna, why didn't Christina, why did you choose to have somebody like Christina not have a backstory? Choose for her not to have a back. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody has a backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, I have the backstory in my head, but I also think that it's part of an actor's job to create the backstory of their character. And so I'll let a lo- I'll let them because they have to really internalize and it's got to feel something. It's, it's got to make them feel something. So they, whatever their process is, they really have to personalize that, that role and that character. And so if, if, if they, if it helps them to create a backstory that makes sense with the with the current character and it helps them connect to it more then that's what they should do and that's part of their job so i don't really i'm I'm not going to go no that's not the backstory unless it has to do with some story going forward or it fundamentally is changing something about the character um i usually just leave that leave leave i mean i'll give them my opinion on 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 some general parts of their backstory um but you know, it's it's 
you got to let the actors play a little bit and you got to let them, you got to let them take some ownership over the character. You'll get a much better result making the show. Right. And I think like her character, I mean, just evolved so beautifully because at the beginning of the show, I mean, Christina's like a love and hate relationship. Like at the beginning of the show, I just could not stand her. But at the end I was like rooting for her. I'm like, I want her to become like this awesome madam. Like we just love her. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think a lot of that is, is because of, the way Joanna played her and, and just Joanna's kind of essence that comes through mm-hmm. in, in the character. I mean, you're always trying, like when you're writing for actors, especially in, again, in a TV show where you get to really spend time and live and live with them. If you're smart, you're always trying to sort of find what is the essence that this actor has or this person have in real life that, that can be brought into the character so that it gives it that real feeling um, so that their beats don't, don't feel false at all. And Joanna, Joanna is obviously a beauty, but she's, she's also just has a ton of empathy and a somewhat ethereal quality to her that was really attractive mm-hmm. to me uh, in regards to the character of Christina. So, right. so I just tried to get as much of that into Christina as possible. Cause I think it just made her, um, you know, it, you can, you can, you can see, you can see the heart in Christina, but also she's an addict. So there's a ton of manipulation. It's a job to manipulate. That's sort of a, an addict's full-time job is manipulation. Right. Yes. So we talk about a lot of love on this show and I know you guys talk, you know, like I've, I've heard it from, you know, the people that we were able to talk to from the cast and there's a very family vibe going on. And I truly believe you guys became a family when you were filming this. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet mentioned that the lo- that the guys love to troll you. Is there any stories that you have where they try playing a joke on you on set? I don't, you know, they don't really try to play any any jokes on me on set because you know I'm I'm the big boss man. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there it is. But uh, yeah, I mean Tucker Tucker's kind of the worst. He, like we have this ongoing joke because you know I have to do all these. Um, you know, media stuff with them and sometimes like red carpet for lack of a better word, but just places where you're getting your picture taken all the time. And these, these bastards get professional hair and makeup done. They all have stylists. So they're showing up like with makeup and like a styled outfit. And I'm just a dude with no makeup on trying to pick out my own clothes and Tucker. So every time we'd be at one of these things, Tucker would be like, Byron, come on, let's get a, let's take a picture over here. And he'll get the photographer and then he'll, he'll, he, his favorite thing is to organize some pose that I don't realize makes me look like a dipshit and makes him look great. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I'll see the picture later and I'm like, you motherfucker. And he's like, I don't, I didn't, well, I don't know. I didn't do it. You know, it's, it's just how it happened. Um, so, but I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, Tucker lives right down the street. So I see him all the time and, you know, uh, and Mac too. Mac and I have been buddies for years and uh, Mac was uh, Mac was when I met Mac like 15 years ago, he he was the bartender at the bar where I was a regular. So we just became super tight there. So, I mean, I I wrote the the role of Mac for Mac. He probably told you guys that, but. um, Which I think is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mac. Mac's Mac. (laughs) And um, so, but yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we all got really close and, and just by the, the way we were doing the work, you know, we're all very open and honest with each other and 
and everybody was supportive. I mean, you know, there's tons of moments of tension, uh, but that's the nature of making a show. Um, but I'm, you know, I still talk to everybody and, and love them and, and would do anything with them again. Yeah. So how long were you working on the project before you decided to say, let's do it? Well, it's not really me deciding to say, let's do it. It's somebody else deciding to say, let's do it. <laughs> so I had, I had written the script on my own and kind of shopped it around for a while. But this was, this was really before it was sort I mean, the UFC was getting sort of big, but not what it is now. And I think a lot of people just heard the subject matter or a lot, you know, a lot of student networks just heard the subject matter and weren't into it. And then direct TV was, and, and I was, actually shooting a pilot for Warner Brothers and ABC that we thought was going to series when I got a call saying, hey, DirecTV wants to go straight to series on what well, it was called Navy Street at the time, now mm-hmm. before it was called Kingdom. And I was like, oh, God, I, 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 I so want to do this. But I think this terrible pilot that's turned into a disaster I'm working on might go. And then luckily it didn't. <laughs> so I went straight on to Kingdom. <laughs> You know, but it, it just took a while. You know, you, you get a lot of no's and you just need one. Yes, that's that's all it is. And I mean, the best shows you've ever seen were passed on at places and, and some other place picked them up. Very true. <laughs> so we earlier we were talking about the cage, Greg Jackson, the fighters and everything. And there's one thing that's always stuck out to me. And I, I got to go to the big boss man on this one. <clears throat> when the fighters were cutting weight and they were feeding the dragon, where did the idea of of scraping the sweat with the with the license where did that come from that's something that they do that's something joe taught us and showed us um that they they'll do that throughout throughout a weight cut just scraping some of the the salt that's accumulated on you um off your face to kind of open you up to get sweating again that's interesting yeah there's all (laughs) kinds of little like all kinds of little things that it was so invaluable to have Joe and, and real fighters around to tell us, you know? Yeah. Which I, I think it's great. Throughout the whole podcast, Nando T and I have talked about how whoever watches the show, you have to watch it more than once because you will mm-hmm. find a bunch of little hidden gems here and there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it even better. Cause again, yeah. you know, we, we talk about, you know, even just a mouthpiece, you know, just the, yeah. it, it, it's a mouthpiece, but it, it speaks so much volume yeah. <laughs> when they're fighting and you know the mouthpiece says pussy so it's yeah. like you know and like stuff like that it's, it's like it kind of like you're excited because the fight's getting ready to start but then you see the mouthpiece and you just crack up <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it gives them all it just fills out the character so well yeah and it's one of those things again the way we shot the show we were never trying to make sure everybody got everything at every moment we just wanted it to feel real. And if you got it, you got it. If you missed it, you missed it. But, um, you know, a repeat viewing, maybe you'll see some things that you, you didn't necessarily see the first time. Multiple repeat yeah. viewings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we all have our, our fingers crossed for season four. Mm-hmm. Um, how close are we? They, I mean, I have not talked, I haven't had any conversations with Netflix. I think, for acquired acquisitions or for acquired series that they that they do that they get the the numbers they don't really look at the numbers for for several months so in terms of how we're doing i don't know it's only anecdotal i can just feel that we're doing well just based on on everything around me but in terms of actual numbers we don't really know 
So, so it's hard to say. There's been no conversations about it, but you know, if enough people keep watching it, you never, you never know what could happen. Right. So let's say, for example, if, if you were, if, if they were to say, we love the show, would you want to do possibly a spinoff? I mean, I'm thinking even if, even if it's 10 to 15 years, you all, the whole cast has girls. <laughs> 10 to 15 years you can make a girl kingdom <laughs> you could a girl do gym that. i mean everybody has girls absolutely You're Matt, you yeah exactly and jonathan yeah i mean frank grillo doesn't have girls but in 10 to 15 years i'm sure frank grillo will still look the same yeah he'll look <laughs> that the guy, exact that same. guy hasn't changed he yeah. hasn't aged keely has a keely has a girl and a boy now um <laughs> yeah we got kids all over the place um <laughs> But I don't know that you could really spin off the show because I just feel like the chemistry with the specific cast was so, so right that I, I would, I would have a hard time like seeing other, other characters. I just feel like that's what the show is, you know? So, so. if if they were to say, yes, let's start a season four, what would you like to see happen for Kingdom? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not telling Got you. Him. No. <laughs> <laughs> why, why you, by the way, you wouldn't even want to know. Why would you want to know? Why would you want to rob yourself of uh, going in, knowing, you know, and seeing something unexpected? Because I want to know. You, need, you, have to, you, have to, you have to delay your gratification sometimes. You'll be happier in life. I will respect that. I will respect that. <laughs> I love that. Because it just puts me right back on edge again. So yes. good. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I think like during the show, I felt like I was a fighter. Like I was getting dropped down, dragged, you know, through this roller coaster. And then I would pick myself up and then watch another episode. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm so glad. I, was, I was telling Juliet there was times that it was like three in the morning and I'm thinking, one more episode. I have to be in at work at eight o'clock, but I can do, I can squeeze in one more episode. <laughs> Yeah, because what's another? I mean, what's an at that point? What's another hour? Gonna what's be? another hour? You stuck yeah, it up you, at that you point. You might as yeah. well just stay up at that point. <laughs> oh man, I was I had the I had the app, so I would literally connect the phone to my car, and I was listening <laughs> to the show while I was driving to work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, little little addicted here. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's. You know, we, we, we definitely had our fan, our OG fans. I mean, when we go, we, during the show, we would get, uh, we would get invited to a lot of UFC fights and get to go sit by the cage and all that stuff. And so anytime I was with Tucker, just going to the bathroom, it would take us, you know, 25 minutes to get to the bathroom because, you know, the hardcore fans would see him and want to take pictures and all that kind of stuff. So now that, that it's, it's getting a broader audience. I, I'm curious to see how that would work out. Oh man, you probably wouldn't even see the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wouldn't. I can slip away. <laughs> so, so we have one more question for you before we play our game. Sure. Uh, well, I got one more, real quick. I know you said that you know you'd rather you know keep it a secret if we were to get season four. Mm-hmm. I've got well, a little, well, little. If we were getting season four, I wouldn't keep it a secret. But what it's about, I would keep. It what it's about, yes. Thank yeah. you. Can I just make a, a suggestion for love interest for uh, for for Christina? Sure, absolutely. I would love to see Garo and Christina connected, man. 
Garo and Christina. I think she deserves better. I, 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 I think she deserves better. Garo's long gone, man. He, Garo's great. No, he, he, he went back to Armenia to, with his money. <laughs> Christina is a precious, precious being. And when she finds love, it needs to be with somebody very special. We need to protect her at all costs. <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. No love from a I'm boy. I'm sorry. Girl. I'm sorry, Nando. Hey, you know what, Nando? Though that's that's life is as as a writer in the writers' room. You come up with ideas and they get shot down. That's <sighs> just the way it is. I tried. Did... I tried. <laughs> that's it. But that's it. All you gotta do is get one. You pitch. <laughs> you pitch fifty ideas, and if one gets through, that's successful. You say you, you didn't want to. You say you didn't want to sneak anything out for season four, but I think you just did. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I can tell you definitively she's not with Garo. <laughs> hey, you should have never told me to, you know, uh, you know, every time you hear a no, there's going to be a yes somewhere. So <laughs> you keep thinking. That's good. Don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> so we've got a question for you from uh, Kingdom Series fan page on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And what they asked is, how do you feel about this crazy social movement to bring back Kingdom and your name being shared everywhere? I feel great about it. I love that people love the show and want to see it again. There's nothing better. That's why that's why you, you make it so that it connects with an audience and and people. So what's not to like? I think it's awesome. Let me tell you another thing is people are, I mean, we're going bananas, but other people are going batshit crazy on the way that you guys communicate with your fans and everything that's yes. we can it's 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 just amazing well it's it's um we're we're just we're grateful because we all really love the show and and put in a lot of work for it so you know if we can you know as much as we possibly can if if somebody you know is kind enough to watch the show and reach out we'll try to try to reach back out um i mean i don't do really any social media stuff at all except like a picture of my kid every once in a while but uh or both of my both of my girls but um I try to you know I'll try to hit hit people back sometimes um unless they're asking you know can I come be on the show I'm like we're not shooting the show the show's, <laughs> the show's over <laughs> but um but but it's um it's great I mean and and everybody you know I mean Matt Laria would, would would be that guy too. He's just not on any social media, right? Um, or or Keely, Keely. Keely's not either. Yeah, yeah. But you know, social media is just a whole completely different animal. I mean, it's just, mm. I mean, it's like this. It's like this baby that you have to constantly <laughs> make sure that it's fed and changed. <laughs> I know. It's sort of. I, I again, I really don't do it. But now that I've, you know, every once in a while popped up. It's it sort of stresses me out because I'm like, oh god, I answered that person's question, but what about this this person? And I'm also, and then you also wondered, I mean, what if this person's like a neo-Nazi? I mean, I don't know, I don't know who this person is, and I'm like harding their their comments about the show, and they could be a complete psychopath. Um, so you know, it's a it's a little bit of a minefield. Yes, but, absolutely, but. but uh, all that's to say is we love it. We, we love our fans and we try to, to interact as much as we possibly can. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. You Absolutely. ready to play the game? Mm-hmm. All right. Nando. What is the game now? The game is what one I, I say a word or the first thing that comes to my mind or something. Yes. Yes. 
So it's we called it Devil's Dandruff. Okay. You know where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's no thought into the answers. You just first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ugh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> College or pro football? College. Matthew Stafford or Jake Fromm? Stafford. Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. MMA or boxing? MMA. Joe Montana or Steve Young? <sighs> Montana. Ah, uh-huh. yes. I was going to say, I'm like, you're taking too long, Byron. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Albie or Jay? Uh, I, I, that's, that's, I, I can't pick that. They're, bo- they're both wonderful. Albie or Jay? <laughs> um, their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Alvy without Jay, and there is no Jay without Alvy. All right. I love there them both. Listen, let me tell you. Can I just pause the game for? Those, all of these. It's it's hard. It seems like a cop out, but it's really hard for me to pick because each all of these characters are re- very, very, very personal to me. So there's parts of my life in all of them. So I can't really pick. Um, I can't really pick one. You know, I got you. I'm you Team Alvy. I can I totally well, re- you can, I can totally, totally relate with that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and and and, and don't break repeat it. that. <laughs> oh, I won't. But but you know, he does. He loves his kids. He's just he's just a man. He's a man at war with himself. <laughs> yes, I'll give that answer for you, Jay. Next one. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Tacos or pizza? Tacos. Golf yes. or football? I mean, to watch or to play? Either. Right now, golf, because I'm, I'm fucking obsessed with golf right now. <laughs> <laughs> writing or producing? Writing, because I'm a writer, but producing is easier. <laughs> so, finish this phrase. Kingdom is? Life. Awesome. Very thank nice. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So... Anybody that's listening, Funkaholics, please, please, please watch Kingdom on Netflix and go out and buy your merch at kingdomofficial.shop. It's actually actually kingdomofficialshop.com. It got changed. Oh, so. did it? Kingdom, thank you. Yes, it did. No, thank you. Kingdomofficialshop.com. I'm no, sorry. No, no, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. <laughs> Listen. It's literally... When I bought my merch, because I went a little, uh, I went a little crazy on my merch. That's what it was. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is what it was. That is what it was. Kingdomofficialshop.com. There we go. We got it. And here at the Funkaholics, we always ask to share any organizations, charities, or foundations. And you picked the Trevor Project. And the Trevor Project is an amazing community that has, um, it's an organization that is focused on suicide prevention education and resources for the LGBTQ community. And it was actually founded from a short story back in 1998 called Trevor. And um, you can find them on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr, and on YouTube. Um, You go to the website, www.trevorproject.org. And they're open 24-7. You can call, you can text, you can chat online. 
Um, but they're actually hiring. So if you want to get involved, this is a wonderful organization. So please, 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 www.trevorproject.org. If anybody wants to find you on social media or follow you, where can they find you, Byron? Well, let me look that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my Twitter name all of a sudden. Um, I am Byron Belasco. That's it. Byron Belasco on Instagram. Okay. And then on Twitter, I am at B Belasco. Perfect. All right, guys. So you, you guys can find me there. Thanks for mentioning that charity. I, I, I found out about that through uh, Tara Tucker, who's Jonathan's wife, who works very closely with them. And um, you know, suicide and mental illness is, is, is a huge issue. Uh, I lost my mom to suicide. It's it's something that's near and dear to me and anybody that needs help, reach out. Yes. And then phone number is one eight six six four eight eight seven six eight six. And I will put it on my Twitter and my Instagram account. It'll be on my bio. So thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to leave for your fans before you go, Byron? No, I just love you guys. I really appreciate it. And keep watching. If I ever get any news, uh, you guys will be the first to know. Well, awesome. we can we can stay on the phone a little longer if you like. Sure. What do you want to talk about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Season four. <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding>. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate. I know we took a lot of your time, and you were a gem. You and Juliet are just amazing, and the rest of the cast of Kingdom. So we can't thank you enough. Thanks. You guys are the best, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep putting the word out. But I really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Byron, for all your time. We definitely appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the Dr. Frankenstein himself, Byron motherfucking Belasco. God, that guy is fucking awesome. Yes. Jesus. And, and, you know, the whole time that I'm talking to him and, and we're asking him these questions and he's answering and you're asking him questions. I could just see the reason why everybody is just so gravitated uh, to him, to Juliet, but just the whole cast together. Like, they just mesh so great. And, you know, we've talked to Joanna, we've talked to Mac, we've talked to Juliet, and they are a family through and through. Oh, yeah. We talk about this show being so great, and we, you know, I made the comment of, you know, maybe the secret to a great show is it being family he's the main ingredient i mean he the writing you know the the way that he connects with them i i love how he says you know and and we hear it from the rest of them where he was where he was like you know sometimes you just got to let them become the character you got to let them do it like you know i write it but they bring it to life and i mean that's that's totally a boss knowing his people Yes, and the capability and trusting them. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, a lot of his, like he said, a lot of his um, experience, his life experience that were, you know, true to each and every single character, kind of like we were talking about while we were asking him, every character had their backstory and every character was a different in, in, in their own way, but everybody could resonate with that specific character. 
Um, it, it didn't matter. The MMA doesn't matter. It, it's a bonus, you yeah. know, but I think the drama, the comedy, the action very well put together. Yeah, he was, oh man, like I was totally trying to keep my cool, you know, leading up to this because I was like, oh, I already talked to three of the, you know, three of the cast members, you know, what's, you know, what's good. <laughs> the moment that I heard his fucking voice, my, <laughs> my heart started jumping out of my chest again. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> keep it together <laughs> but you know um oh my god angela did you find any challenges trying to find out anything about him this dude is fucking locked down man like he <laughs> yeah I like, when i heard that he said that he went to georgia i was like okay cool i got it like i know where he's going with this and you know things like that but um you know just looking up information on him i was just like holy shit like i was i was literally pulling out my hair like trying to figure out what I can get going for him, especially on um, Devil's Dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, when we watch the show, you know, he, he's talking about his mom, how he lost her to suicide. And at the very end of the show, he, he did make it a memory of her. And I, I thought, you know, that that was beautiful because, again, it just it, the whole show just resonates with everybody. And I think that's why the fan base is from all different walks of life, because I think he hit everybody um, personally in a different way. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know that his heart and soul went into this. And, you know, uh, that, I love that question that you asked him, like, you know, what was your what was you know, what what was it like for you day to day while you were writing this and doing all this and hearing everything that happened and, you know, them going on the, on the trip and him getting him getting shingles and you know all these things it almost got to the point where you're just like oh my god like why did you keep going on but then he ended it perfectly because he's just like when you love something you're not going to stop you're going to keep going and he's like i mean it almost sounded like the moment he sat down and the you know the pen hit the paper he was just just in it deep into it and i mean he was probably just going you know what i mean Right. And I think, you know, not just for for him, you know, just being able to get, like he said, tracking his diet, tracking his sleep patterns, you know, it, it can become overwhelming. But for him, when you're writing something like Kingdom, there's just, I mean, your mind is going like 100 miles per hour. You, you just, you can't help it because you're just going to keep you know, one, one character after other character. I mean, think about all the characters that he has in there and right. having a right for every single one of those. And at one moment he's thinking, I, we just finished filming this. Now, where are we going to take that? And, and I think that could be so rewarding, but yes, very, very stressful. And, and to know that this show you know, he, he literally, I mean, wrote his heart out. I, I think it, it, it gives me a, a whole different perspective. Every, it, like, even now, because I started watching it again. <laughs> even now, you know, watching it again, it's just, it's just going to give me a whole different perspective of, you know, just all the hard work that everybody that we've talked to is just, you know, and, and again, they have to go home because they have lives. They have, you know, kids. They have spouses. They have 
day in and day out things that they, they have to sleep, they have to eat, you know, it's, right. it's, it's, I, I just, I'm, it's breathtaking all the hard work that they did for the show, not even including everything, all the training that they had to do prior to that, just keeping that momentum. I love that he was able to bring Greg Jackson into that. Um, that just kind of shows, you know, puts Albuquerque on the map a little bit, you know what I mean? Thanks to Greg, you know, because we don't have a lot of shit going on here that puts us on the map, <laughs> but you know, it's nice to, you know, get some recognition. So, um, what did you think of his answer on Devil's Dandruff where we asked him the writing or producing and he said writing, but, you know, because producing's easier. <laughs> I found that interesting. I was just like, you know, great answer, but. He cheated a little bit on some of those questions. <laughs> I'm like, Byron, <laughs> stop with the cheating. Right. <laughs> you can't give two. You got to just do one. But, right? you know, I, I, I think, uh, again, it's, it's you, you have to give him that because he's, he, you know, when, when you're writing for LV and you're writing for Jay, you know, we both fall in love with the characters and it's really hard to be able to pick, you know, for the same reason. And, you know, it's kind of like picking what kid do you like better? <laughs> right. like, which one's, which, who's your favorite kid? Because they kind of, <laughs> they kind of do become like, you know, that close to you where, you know, and I'm like, no, it's either LV or Jay. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And, and, and I get it. I get it. Um, you know, the, the writing and the producing, I think it's the same thing. Thing. Um, the writing can be overly, you know, uh, inducing, but it's so rewarding to see. Kind of like we were talking to Juliet, like when she was reading the scripts and knowing when they're actually acting it out. And she was saying, oh, yeah, I remember reading this part. Or, yes, I remember this is what's going to happen. And it's just so rewarding and gratifying, you know all of the hard work and seeing it live and seeing everybody just love it as much as you did. Yeah. And, and the producing too. Yeah. It might be, you know, easier, but I can guarantee you it's so much fun. It just sounds like, I mean, just to be able to just stand there, not even interact with them, but just watch them, how they interact with each other on and off, you know, the screen. I just think that that would be so much fun. Oh, it's gotta be cool being, you know, standing there, watching what you wrote come alive that's I mean I couldn't even imagine what the feeling would be other than you know pure excitement um I'm still a little disappointed in him though man like I thought my idea was phenomenal and he shut it down I don't know man I, I might have some beef going on with Byron right now <laughs> he's like ah no <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> she deserves better <laughs> yeah she deserves better I'm like, where's all the love from my boy man this dude had a lot of amazing episodes like there's a lot of amazing scenes that happened with Garo <laughs> I yes and and I agree with you like I said I thought that idea was genius but I could see you know like like we said we got to protect Christina at all costs she's she's a true gem to the show and 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 yeah, I mean, she was phenomenal because, like we talked about, you you really don't like Christina at the beginning of the show, but at the end, you find yourself rooting for her. And it's just insane how well Joanna does that Joanna can just bring out like, yeah, guess what? 
you're you're not gonna like me, but I can guarantee you you'll love me in the end. And we did. We're Very I mean, true. I know I was rooting for her, you know, it's uh, I, I think with all of them, the same thing with Jonathan Tucker playing Jay Kalina. It was the same way. Like you're just kind of like, oh, like he's a tough pill to swallow, but you find yourself rooting for the guy, you know, because they do such a phenomenal job. I just can't get over it. Oh, I know. I mean, the moment that I recognized Jonathan Tucker on there and he was playing Jay, like I just, I, I felt so in love with the character and what he was doing and the things that he was trying to do and, and the way that he portrayed the character. I mean, you can't get better acting than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, we argue and we throw it around like how this show did not get, get any awards is it's, it's so sickening that, that this got passed. You know what I mean? There was an award show yesterday, and I didn't even want to watch it because I was like, "If Kingdom ain't in there, and like I got nothing to fucking do with this show." But I agree. With I almost you. like I almost had it in my mind. Was like, you know what? They should do one where it's like something that was missed, kind of award, or you know, just pay it some type of tribute. But I mean, I think Byron especially knowing right, especially knowing how hard they worked and how beautiful the show was done. I agree with you. I I'm I'm. I'm upset. But, you know, one thing that he did say, you know, you end up asking until somebody says yes. Audience, you know, DirecTV said yes. And it was it was brought into our lives, you know, an audience. But one of the things that I, 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 I constantly keep echoing in my mind is how everybody that we've spoken to has said they let him do what they what he what he wanted. You know, and that's why I think the show flourished as it did, because nobody meddled, you know, in the show. And I don't think I I think the show was very well written because I think he did a phenomenal job. But I don't think that it would have been as as, you know, such a great show if you had so many people meddling and telling him no this no that no this no that because i don't think it would have been as genuine you know and i i think that them getting it through direct tv and you know playing at an audience it was able to be the show that um that it became being but it's kind of like a double-edged sword because now that you see it on netflix and that's where us as as fans and the fan base have to do our job and in showing people so that way we can get a season four um, to be able to get the, the recognition that it deserves because I, I think everybody in that show deserves, you know, Byron deserves, I mean, there's awards that need to be given out left and right. You know, oh, yeah. some of these shows that get awards, I'm, we're not going to mention any, but <laughs> some of these shows that get awards, I'm like, really? Wow. Like that's the show that got an award. I yeah no, okay trust me, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna turn it off now <laughs> and you know it's funny that you were saying that you know audience just kind of you know gave him the reins and said you know run with it um I actually love that they did that because we probably wouldn't have got the characters that we got in the mm-hmm. show if it was if it was held by like a big time network you know what I mean because then you know that all those people are going to have their hands in the pot. So they're going to have their favorite person, you know, that they want to put, portray that character. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
you pick your poison. You know what I mean? Yes. And we're, we were blessed six years ago, you know, in watching this show because, you know, like I said, you know, we call ourselves the OGs, which is what we are. Mm-hmm. We got all these, you know, we got all these newbies catching on and, you know, they're falling in love with it. And, you know, they're feeling the way that we felt six years ago. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can totally see where, you know, when we asked Byron that question and he was saying, you know, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's great. You know, it's, you know, who, like you told him, you know, who would have thought in a thousand years that we would actually be able to, you know, something that we talked about six years ago, we're here talking to you about it today. Right. It's been resurrected. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I literally wrote that in my notes. The kingdom resurrection. Because you're right. It's, it's people are finding it and they're feeling exactly the way we felt. And I mean, I still, you know, and I know we've talked about this throughout, you know, the podcast, but I still, still to this day, I still remember walking into the office and after, you know, the show was on and just talking about how crazy the show was and we were just fiending for the, for the next week to come, oh, you yeah. know, we I, a lot more. And everybody's like, what are you guys watching? <laughs> and it's like, Kingdom, you have to watch it. And, you know, for now, for people to buy, to have had, you know, watch it, if either they got it on iTunes at the time when it came out in iTunes or now on Netflix, it's good that people are able to see that because, yes, it's an, emo- an emotional roller coaster. Yes, it drags you through the dirt. Yes, it breaks you and rebuilds you. But again, you know, because those characters are so personal to him, I think is the reason why that show is so genuine because he talks about things that are real. He talks about things that exist. He thought he talks about, you know, he's willing to break the glass and talk about some things that people aren't willing to talk about, like addiction, you know, and, or, or, you know, being gay, you know, or just, being an you know being an addict but being a parent not just an addict but being an addict and being a parent i mean a lot of these these issues do do come up on every day day to day basis and it's good that he was able to break that glass cuz a so, lot of people can resonate absolutely i mean one of the things too that you know um stands out and i give him a lot of credit for is him bringing in someone to portray a gay fighter when we all know the world of MMA is, you know, full of, you know, a bunch of macho assholes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you've got your Tito Ortiz's of the world, your Conor McGregor's, you know, uh, you know, you, you got all these different type of characters and for him to write that in the story, I mean, that blew me away and, and it made such a, a, a beautiful twist, you know, because Nate, Nate pretty much lived his own life, his whole life, locked up, caged up, if you will. You right. Know, if, you, if you want to use that, but I just absolutely love the, the the breakdown or you know the background that he gave us on that, and you know it it speaks volumes and it says so much and it and it, it just it explains exactly why we go crazy over this show and we love it so mm-hmm. much. I agree. I agree. I just. I'm still on a high being able to talk to this creator. I, I mean, he is just phenomenal. He's a genius. And, and I'm also grateful and just, and I, I know I say it in every podcast, but humbled, 
I just yes. floored, humbled. You just... know what the you know what the other thing that made <laughs> that made me fall in love with this guy even more? <laughs> I still got my beef about Garo, but you know we'll but <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let that slide for now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him the benefit of the doubt right now. Agree to disagree. <laughs> but um I love the confidence. Like when we asked him, you know, where, you know, uh when he decided that he wanted to be a writer and you know who was he inspired by he's he just said it straight up he was just like i had it he's like i knew i could write and i went with it like you know it wasn't something that was pushed on me it was something that i wanted to do and fuck man he is exactly right because you have kingdom in your resume shit you know i I always (laughs) wanted to tell him like dude there's so many other things that you need to write or you need to get a hold of and just take control of it to make it better you know what I mean (laughs) please (laughs) yeah please (laughs) it's a dying show (laughs) it is yeah and and you know I think when he's talking about driving to LA to be a writer and you know, we, we've heard stories about actors and actresses that have picked up and gone. Like, you just pick up and go, you know, because you're going to pursue this, you know, quote-unquote dream of yours. You know, it's, it's, it's so ballsy. You know what I mean? Because not a lot of people would be able to just get up and go and do that. Um, but the, his, he, he's so resilient, and, and, and he says it. You, you can't take no for an answer. You just got to keep doing it. And, and I'm glad because if not, we wouldn't have kingdom if he wasn't, you know, so persistent. Right. I, I, I love that. The persistence. Yeah. That was, oh uh, man. Um, like I said, I did. I, I know it's been probably about 15 minutes, 17 minutes, 20 minutes since we talked to him, but like I said, it's still, <laughs> it still feels like he's still here, but it's so hard to let him go. You know, oh, know. Like, we talked we were... to them and it's like one more and he's so nice. He's like, okay, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Season four. Season four? <laughs> <laughs> he is so nice. And again, we just can't, we can't thank the cast enough. And, you know, we, we, we didn't, we, every single day, you know, we, we can message them, we can post for them and they will, they will respond. Yeah, And definitely. that's just, uh, it's, it's just so great and refreshing. Yeah. It's, um, it's growing. Um, I, I know when I'm, you know, when I'm checking in with the, um, with the kingdomites, you know, the bring back kingdom group and they're fucking growing, man. It's Oh crazy. my gosh. They're at what? 4,000 now. Yeah. And it still continues to keep growing. Like they put up a new post and it's like, oh, we're at this number. We're at this number. Um, yeah. Kingdomites, we're calling out to you. For those of you that listen to the podcast, there's uh, there's been some tweets and some messages going around. Reach out to Jonathan Tucker and tell him how much the Funkaholics want him. Uh, we're doing <laughs> the same thing on our end. We are going to continue to keep reaching out to him because we're going to go by what Mr. Velasco said was... Uh, the more no's you hear, there's a there's a yes that's gonna come. So we're happy. Fifteen here. minutes, Jonathan Tucker. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, just something. <laughs> Jonathan. I know, man. He's over here. <laughs> he's over here making these, giving these girls like the bringing them back to high school was with uh, high school girl crush or high school crushes, and 
sending him birthday videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, I saw that, man. Yes. <laughs> he's so great. He's just so great. And I mean him, I just can't, you know, just being on set, I just, I, I just, I'd be cracking up the whole time. <laughs> just oh, laughing. Yeah, I would just be laughing the whole time. He's such a, he's such a wonderful person. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's awesome. So hopefully, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens, Funkaholic. You know, we're gonna do our best to to get him. Uh, just like that, time gets away from us. Um, it's so sad. <laughs> it always happens when you talk about what you love. I always have and, such a great time. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, and you've been you've been great. Yeah, I can't thank you enough. You know, especially with reaching out to. You know, the actors, their secretaries, <laughs> their personal assistants, uh, dealing with me. <laughs> uh, can't thank you enough. So, Funkaholics, follow, subscribe, download, give us feedback. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Soon Facebook. I know I keep saying that every episode. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's... I'm... I'm waiting on some photography, guys. So give, <laughs> so give me give me some time. <laughs> but um, guys, we can't say enough. This has been such an amazing ride, and it's not over. We still have the recap coming. We're gonna get to that, and we're you know we're gonna try and like I said, you know we're gonna go after we're gonna go after Mr. Tuck and uh, and see what we can get from him, and you know we'll go from there. And then also, we are gonna be looking into breaking down Cobra Kai series. So that's now streaming on Netflix and we absolutely love the show. So that's going to be something that we're looking into. I know Miguel is chomping at the bit to get on there and to talk about that. So, And what a perfect way for Paul Walter to be on the Funkaholics podcast so we can talk about Stingray. Exactly. <laughs> Just throwing that out there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got NFL commercials going on, but... You right? can give us you can give us a little bit of time, please. <laughs> Stingray. Stingray, come on. You can even bring, you know, your little teddy bear Jeffrey if you want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, like I said, you know, we we just have way too much fun on here and it's been a blessing, uh, a humbling experience just to get to, to talk with these people. So we're going to leave you with that, guys. You guys have a great week. Remember, new episodes are dropping every Wednesday. And we'll see you soon.